Okay. So teenagers have a facilitator. Is Christy around? Yeah, there she is. Right. In the middle of your table, um, well, I'll talk about that in a minute. We are here on the last gathering before August. Summer is upon us, and today was a really good day to get in the mode of summer. And I don't want to jump ahead, but at the end of summer, quite often, you say to yourself, where did all the time go, right? Or the end of your holiday, like, how was that seven days or... 10 or however many you get. Or Christmas, right? You lose track of the days, but then at the end you're like, how is this already time to go back to work? So, tonight's gonna be really practical for some of those things. And I'm gonna base it in scripture. We're gonna look at what Jesus said, but tonight we're gonna talk about how to make the most of your time. And when Sarah talked about the ease, that we want to be pursuing as a network, this is definitely an equipping thing. How do you make the most of your time and what does Jesus say about that? Um, you'll see uh, the phrase and hear the phrase rule of life. And I don't know if I love that because rule can sometimes be off-putting, like nobody likes to put more rules on themselves, but it is something that we follow. And so, on the first pictures that we have here on the screen, you know if you do any gardening, um, you have sometimes things growing where you don't want them to grow, and you want to help them grow where they should grow. So we've got a couple pictures here to example that. So, especially this yellow house here. Now it's not in flower and it's not leafed yet, but they have used their expertise to make sure that that vine grows every single place that they want it to go and make sure that it grows not in the places it's unwanted, right? And so they've trained this to go in all the right places. And actually, uh, Benedictine started this rule back in the, the 500s AD, um, and it was just uh, a way to make sure that we grow and develop in specific ways and we're sure that we don't spread out in ways that we shouldn't be growing. And so it's a guide on how to make the most of our life with God. And so this is a really great example that they often use. So a rule of life is sometimes called a trellis, a place that helps life foster where you want it and make sure it doesn't go where you don't want it. Um, so I'm gonna go through a few things. So um, on the next slide, we've got um, a scripture. John 17, four, uh, Jesus is saying to the disciples at age 33 that his work is finished. How many of you are older than 33? Has your work finished? No, are you kidding me? 33, and he's done. Like, I'm, sh I'm pretty sure you could have done a few more things, right? Now, let's look back at when his ministry began. And this one I'm going to read for you. So John 2, uh, verses 1 through 5. And I love this because this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And I love imagining the interaction between his mother Mary and himself. 
The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. So I want to pause there. Jesus kind of said no to his mom, first of all. That's a big deal. And second of all, Mary's like, yeah, whatever. Do what he tells and walks off. He's like, you're going to do it, right? So uh, it's a little interesting interaction, but that's not the main point of that for tonight. But we know that he was age 30, right? Okay, three, three years. And he did everything that he was supposed to do in three years. I haven't cleaned out my office probably in three years, right? Any, any people relate to that? So on my first statement for this, I find myself identifying in an opposite way. If I was in Jesus' shoes, I'm drawn to the statement on the next slide, which says, if it were me, I know I can't do it all, but I sure want to try, right? I know I can't do it all, but I want to try to do it all, okay? So if you're following along, why don't you grab a sheet that's in the middle? That's going to be the first box that's on your top left. The first box, that statement, I know I can't do it all, but I want to try. And we're going to work with this page as we go through the afternoon here. I know I can't do it all, but I want to try. So the top left box, that's all you need to put in. All right. Before we go to the next box down, I want to read uh, the next passage of Scripture. And this is Matthew, uh, Matthew 6, verse 24 through 34. And it will be a familiar one to many of you. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money, and specifically with this. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothes, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So. I know that most of us in here are not worrying about what we're going to eat or what we're going to wear, but in context 
of when Jesus was saying this, those were the big concerns, okay? So he didn't say, don't worry about your mortgage, because they didn't have any. <laughs> don't worry about your job, because they just kind of did what their father did. Don't worry about your electric and your gas bill doubling, <laughs> because they didn't have electric and gas bills, which sounds really lovely right now. So what are the basic needs that Jesus would be saying to you today if he was saying, why do you spend so much time worrying about these things? I want to go to another familiar uh, passage in Luke, and that's Luke 10, verse 38 to 42. So as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken from her. So, in these two passages, I'd like to just draw the statement for your next box. So if you're following along, it's gonna be the second box here. So the takeaway statement on the next slide, not everything we think is important, is important. So I went real quick to that statement, but I think those two passages really support that. Not everything that we think is important is important. Food, clothes, gas bills, etc. Right. Not everything we think is important is important. Now, the third statement I'm going to draw from a Christian author. Um, he wrote a really great book called Tyranny of the Urgent. Okay, and uh, his name's Charles Hummel. And he said in this book a really good quote on the next slide. Your greatest danger is letting the urgent things crowd the important things. And I won't even have to push you to agree with that, because I know you do. Have you been where the urgent things crowded out the important stuff? And you've missed the important things because you've been distracted by the urgent. So that is actually going to be your next statement for that third box on your left. Your greatest danger is letting urgent things crowd the important things. So you see boxes then on that grid to your right-hand side. At the top of that column is a question mark. And the word I'd like to put in front of that question mark is the word like. And this is the first reflection point that I want you to have. So on the next slide, you've got the three basic statements. There you go. I can't do it all, but I sure want to try. I make the worldly things too important. I'm easily swayed by the tyranny of the urgent. On your next column, on the right-hand side, the word like, I'd like you to think of those three different ideas and an example from your own life. So, 
with that first box. I can't do it all, but I sure want to try. Think of an actual example for me life. Oh yeah, I do this or this. And then go to the next box. Not everything that's important is important. Like what? And then that last box on that graph. Do you let the tyranny of the urgent crowd out the important? Well, like what? And I'll just give you a couple minutes to reflect on that. <clears throat> okay, Joe, if you could go two slides forward, that'd be great. Um, so, some of those things are a bit negative, and you will have more time to think if you're not done, okay? And if this whole page is not finished before you go home, that's fine. I just want to get you rolling on some of this, and you can finish this up on your own. So don't freak out if you've got blanks. I know when I was in school, I couldn't think until the blanks were all filled in, but just let, let me get you started. Um, I want to be positive now for a little bit and continue the reflection time. So those first three were a bit more negative, like, oh, yeah, I do that, I do that, I do that. Is there anything that you think... God's inviting you to do over the summer or the next season? Or is there something he's been burning in you a bit to chase, to get after, to start, to finish? So have a think for another couple minutes. Is there something God, the Spirit's inviting you into? And then we'll get into the nitty-gritty of how we kind of make sure we take advantage of our time over the summer. What is God inviting you into in that next question? All right, so bear with if you're not finished. You can come back to that. I'm going to move down to the next section. So this is actually getting into what they would call rule of life. So I've done a little bit of pre-thinking about things that distract us, things that we want to invest ourselves in. So. Under the rule of life title, you're going to use that top box to try and make some statements for yourself. So that top box where you identified where you get sidetracked, you're going to say a few statements of what you're going to try and resist this summer. So I'm going to resist being controlled by XYZ because or it steals or finish the statement if you want. You don't need to. If you're like, right, all right, I'm going to resist that. And I'll give you one of my examples that's going to go. So in one of my tyranny of the urgents, my phone goes off all the time, right? And it's not necessarily urgent, but it dings. And so I'm just like the Pavlovian dog or whatever. You just, I have to look. So for me, I'm going to resist my phone controlling my time, okay? So that's what I would put. So you're gonna just try and think, what, what are these statements? How can I just put that into a sentence? I'm gonna resist X, Y, Z. You don't have to have three, but it's just like an idea creator. You could have five, maybe. What are some things you wanna resist this summer? So I'm pacing our time, we've got plenty of time, but if you're already through your resist, maybe you want to continue to the embrace. So just in those moments when you listen to the Spirit, 
what he might be inviting you into. What do you want to embrace? So again, here's my example. Um, I stepped forward when I said I finished a educational thing. So I finished a certificate actually last year, but I'm going to have my graduation um, next month. And um, scripture's become a little bit of work, and I want to enjoy scripture more instead of being my homework. <laughs> um, so I want to embrace the enjoyment of scripture. That was my above statement. And so that goes into my embrace. So I'm just going to say I want to enjoy scripture. Right. Again, go at your own pace. I'm just going to jump in with the next thing. Um, I do find it kind of fun because I, I know that monks didn't have Bic pens or uh, printed sheets, but this is exactly what they did. They sat with God and tried to figure out, okay, what do I need to resist and what do I need to embrace and what are my statements? Um, so rule of life now comes into action. So at the bottom of your page, you have two boxes, and I, maybe there'll be four things in each box. One is a daily, and one is a weekly. Two things in each box will be the embracing things that you want to go after, and two of the things will be the resisting things that you want to try and be careful about. Again, back to the picture, how we're trying to get this vine, our life, to grow where we want it to. Um, so you're going to draw on the things that you've been thinking through and say, all right, what is this actually going to look like on a daily basis or a weekly basis? And Benedictine would go further to say, what about a monthly basis, seasonal basis, annual basis? We won't do that. So just weekly and daily. So again, for my example, Way back at the top, with tyranny of the urgent, my dinging phone, I realized I want to resist that a little bit. That showed up on my resist statements. And so now I've had to think about what that could look like on a daily basis. And I'm saying to myself, I'm not going to look at my phone in the morning until I've had prayer time with God. It, it won't solve everything, but... I'm trying to get that vine to grow where I want it to. So I'm going to resist looking at the phone until I've done blank. Um, someone could also put, I'm going to choose an hour in the day where it goes off. Just off. On my weekly, I did put that. I'm going to turn my phone off once a week for three hours. Probably on my Sunday. Because it's funny. When I grew up, we had this weird box on the wall that had a cord, and it only rang when somebody tried to call us. And sometimes it sat there for five hours, so it's not a big deal if you turn your phone off for three hours, right? Um, so just giving you an idea of that. So what would your resist and your embrace things look like? Or what, be creative. What could you do on a daily basis to just get that vine to grow in the right way? or in a weekly basis. Here's my embrace thing. I want to enjoy scripture more. So I actually cheated and mixed too. I'm not even going to open my phone until I've enjoyed a piece of scripture, which means I have to get a paper Bible because <laughs> I always read my scripture on my phone, right? So 
fine. It could be monkey, old-fashioned, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> monk-ish. On a weekly basis, maybe also on my Sunday Sabbath, I'm going to choose an Old Testament narrative because they're actually quite movie-like. Some of the things that happen in the Old Testament are like film quality, right? So I'm just going to enjoy an Old Testament narrative once a week. So I've had a lot longer to think about this, but those are examples. Do they help you? Like, so be creative. Two things on a daily basis you'll resist, two things you'll embrace. Two things on a weekly basis you're going to just take a stab and put that back in its place. And two things you're going to chase. And for the extra credit for those overachievers in the room, since we are a network and we are missional, you could think about community. Just one thing. What is something you could do for your community? Once a day, daily, I'm going to think of someone to send a message to. How you doing? On a weekly basis, I'm going to invite someone for coffee. I don't know. So we're trying to say, we've talked about how we want to live. It won't happen unless we decide what we're going to do daily and weekly. So I'll leave you with that. Simon can have the music on for a bit. I'll jump in in about six, seven minutes and just pray a prayer of blessing, and then we'll talk about the last few things the kids have got at our picnic. So go for it, Simon. We'll have some music, and you guys can just work. And feel free to talk at your table. This isn't quiet work either, so have a chat if you need to about it. So uh, well done, all of you. You've embarked on a Benedictine rule of life today. Yeah? Well done. Um, so obviously you can finish this at home. Uh, you could replicate these questions for other seasons. You know, you could do it for autumn, winter, for a year. People like to do these like for um, uh, New Year's. So in January, getting these out. What is God saying about what I want to put back in its place and resist and what I want to embrace? For the year, what does that look like? January, February, March, April, May, June, July, da da da. Um, or it could be daily, weekly. But we're just talking about our summers, and we want you to be able to redeem the time, which Jesus also has said. But I want you to consider on this last comment from me what happens with these vines when they're guided? They flourish right? They grow fruit. They provide for others. And that's all things that we really want from our life. Um, so I don't want this to feel burdensome, but we do want to guide life and where to resist, where to grow, where to embrace. Um, so let me pray over that for you. And then the kids will come up and tell us what they've been up to. God, thank you for uh, the people uh, in ages past who've learned that it's important to take advantage of thinking through what it will actually look like on a daily, weekly, monthly, seasonal basis to follow you. And I pray a blessing over both the things this group is going to resist and also the things that they will embrace over this summer season. Thank you that you do give us a light burden and an easy yoke. And I pray that 
the idea of breaking down this problem into smaller chunks that we can say, all right, this is what this will look like in a daily and weekly basis will help all of us to uh, move forward in the things that you have planned for our life. So, God, I ask a blessing on the way that we pursue this and thank you for how you've spoken to us as a family uh, and thank you for Jesus' example in scripture, uh, how this is the way that he would want to live and what he holds out to us. Amen.